Welcome to the Poker and Raceway Podcast, powered by ESPN 840. I'm your host, Kevin, here with... JJ. Hi, JJ. Welcome back. What's going on, Kevin? How are you? It's good we to be back. We missed you two weeks ago. You know what? It's all right. Uh, I think Kevin did a good job with Jimmy. Yeah. It's uh, Other than Jimmy hating him, but, you know, we'll move on. Uh, it's not very often you can have a champion of the sport or someone of his caliber um, tell someone they hate him. I thought, was... I, I thought Kevin was retiring after that. That was a pretty peak moment for him. But to put it in the context, <laughs> friends, it wasn't... Wasn't like I hate you. It was more like you're so young. I hate you. Yeah. yeah. So let's get that out there. Is that Jimmy Johnson's not a hateful person? No, Jimmy's a great guy. He's a wonderful person. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful Our first person. driver ever. Yeah. Kind how about of. that? Because Nick's well, still Nick. a driver. Our first champion. Does Nick ever won a championship or anything? He's a champion. Nick's of, a champion. He's a champion of life. He is a champion of the people. You're right. <laughs> but <laughs> we're but totally our, getting paid our for first, that. Our first seven-time champion. Let's go with yeah, that. There All we right. go. Well, um. We have another pretty big guest coming in today. Yeah, Elliot Sadler is going to be our, our guest. That's exciting. Junior Motorsports. Yep. Been around. Been around quite a bit. Deep um, Pennsylvania history. I know. I can't wait to bring that up into. with him on, on the podcast, all the things that he's done in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and of course, he is actually a track champion mm-hmm. at South Boston Speedway, which is our sister track located in South Boston, Virginia. So on the podcast last time, before we started the podcast, we just didn't do it because we were so scared because we had a seven-time champ. <laughs> We want to do like a uh, make a driver say a name or say a word. Okay. And I, they don't win anything. Right. But if they say a word, like we'll have some sort of, I don't know, some some, some sort of dial or, or bell maybe. A bell? Yeah. I think we have a bell somewhere in here, don't we? We have a bell. Oh, look at that. Uh, there it is. There's the bell. So if a driver says something, so is South Boston, mm-hmm. like they're big things like bologna burgers. Okay. Have you ever? Well, you haven't been to South. I've never been to South Boston, unfortunately. No, we have to get you to South Boston that's this year. My, that's my, on my 2018 list. Yeah, I know Nick is going to want us to go at some point. I'm there, and you and Kevin would have a blast. Like you could do an entire Tricky Chronicles episode on it. It would Kevin, just be Kevin and I have never had a bad time at a racetrack. That's together, very true. So. That's <laughs> very true. So with it being baloney burgers, if he says the word baloney. how are you going to get him to say baloney? I don't know, but I'm just thinking <laughs> he's he normally talks about South Boston. Okay. You know, and maybe at the end of the conversation, if it doesn't happen, I'll be like, what's your favorite thing to eat in South Boston? I'll be like, bologna burgers. And then we'll be like, you know what? Time. And that's perfect because bologna is a big Pennsylvania thing, too. I know. Great job, Kevin. It all fits together. It all ties. Or as Kevin Teal says. Full triangle. Full triangle. <laughs> he says it comes full triangle all the time, which is kind of silly, but I get it. It makes sense. Um, so we are heading into, we're out of the Atlanta race. Obviously, we taped these beforehand, so we don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta. Right. But what do you anticipate for this weekend? I think Atlanta's going to be exciting. I'm glad they didn't repave it after last year. I know they were talked about that, but it's going to the, the rough surface. It's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see these cars slide around. And it's cold. It, it's cold. So yeah, no no grip. It's going to be even better. I anticipate a pretty good weekend. I mean, everyone talks about Atlanta kind of being like the regular season, quote unquote, um, because Daytona is a whole another right. season in itself. But speaking of Daytona, I mean, we're about to have a guy who legit you can't even yeah. you can't even put into words how <laughs> small of a time period in terms of milliseconds. Like it was, I think I saw somewhere on the internet it was the width of two or three bananas. That was it? Uh, yeah, I don't the know. The width of I, yeah, two or three yeah, bananas. Yeah, they used that as a measurement. Bananas was the measurement. <laughs> bananas? Um, yeah. Good thing, good thing that wasn't our word. <laughs> <laughs> bananas. I, the uh, internet's a magical place, Kevin. But the crazy part about it was the 100th 
NASCAR Xfinity Series race for Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Good partners of ours at Comcast. Hopefully, we can anticipate announcing very soon the Philadelphia Takeover, yep. which Elliot's car has been a part of, but right. not Elliot. So hopefully we can work it out this year and have Elliot Sadler in Philadelphia. Yeah, I hope so. And for you fans that don't know, our takeover basically it is last year it was twelve drivers, fifteen events, six cars, fifteen actual vehicles, but six actual race cars. Street of Philadelphia, burnouts, pit stops. Where else did we do? We did burnouts, pit stops, driver appearances, games, funds, tickets everywhere. If you see somebody with a Pocono Raceway shirt on, they're most likely gonna have something for you. Yeah. Saturday Xfinity Series tickets. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to be able to pull that off again this year. We're working with our great partners. But back to Daytona. Um, yeah, so it was the 100th Xfinity Series race for Xfinity as a part as a series presenting partner, sponsor of the series. The closest finish in all NASCAR, Bush, Xfinity, Nationwide, whatever the series used yep. to be called, history. Point zero zero zero. Zero zero like zero 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 one. I'd like to see where it actually shows up. Like what decimal point was it? Yeah, because you know, like pi is like three point one four, but then there's like it never stops. Because bananas are a great unit of measurement, but uh, you know, time (laughs) would be very interesting to see. (laughs) I like the banana part. It makes it easy for a fan to understand. Yeah, and the crazy part about just two bananas is, oh yeah, they're doing two hundred miles an hour. Exactly. Oh, and they've raced. 300 miles, and it's come down to With like three, three overtimes, right? Four overtimes? Five. Five overtimes? Five overtimes. Big I fan of that new overtime rule, by the way. I know. Even though it took forever to finish, big fan of that. I know. Me too. I, I really enjoyed it. We were actually, um, we snuck out of the track. I was lucky enough to go to Daytona, but we snuck out of the track a little early to beat some traffic because we knew we had a long day, obviously, for the right. running of the Daytona 500. And um, we watched it on TV, and it was I mean, it was incredible. There were the people where we were at the hotel who are not NASCAR fans, which was weird because we were in Daytona Beach. It was just nuts. So uh, I think right now, though, I think we have a call-in. Is that correct? We have a call-in? Yeah. Hello, caller. Yes, sir. Hello. State your name and affiliation. Uh, okay. My name is Elliot Sattler, and I am a fan of Pocono Raceway, so that's my affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, man? Does that work? That Can, works perfect. Is that good? That is a perfect yeah. introduction to you entering uh, the space that we now know as our Pocono podcast, powered by ESPN 840 here in Stroudsburg. It's, I, I'm just pumped you're a guest, man, because we, we talked about it at Media Day, and you were like, I'm in. And I reached yeah, out. Yeah, let me in, man. Call me. Let's, I, let's talk some. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, well it's awesome that. that you're here and on the air with us. I just got to tell you that we were just talking about Obviously, this is this is going to air after Atlanta, so hopefully you'll okay. have a win by then, which is going to be great because I right. think I think you will. <laughs> you guys nice, are pretty fast. All right. So we could say, <laughs> "Hey, congratulations on your win!" And if you didn't win, we'll edit it out. Yeah. All right, that'd be great. Let, let's try that just in case. Okay. So oh, congr- we can do we can do both. Thank you so much, man. It was so much fun <laughs> winning in Atlanta this weekend. So we can say that, and then the opposite and then of we can say, "Oh." Not so close again. Uh, another great run for our team, though, but just close. We're, we're, we're working on it. It was a great points and day. Then, great points day. And then we'll be, ooh, tough day in Atlanta, man. We're going to have to dig ourselves out of a hole when we get to Vegas. Tough day. But we'll, we're a strong team, and we will, we will survive, like the song. We will survive. <laughs> so, so now you have three to pick from. How about I, that? I think we're probably going to use all three, um, regardless. Okay. I, I'm, I'm good with that, too, man. Okay. I'm good with that. Um, so, how was uh, y'all's experience at uh, Daytona? 
It did would, y'all have a good experience? We did. Um, actually, uh, our, our co-host, unfortunately, uh, JJ here, who we haven't met, but you'll have the pleasure of meeting him, I'm sure, relatively soon. JJ was, unfortunately, not in Daytona with us. Didn't, oh. make, didn't make the cut. Didn't, didn't make the cut. He didn't make the cut. No. Not, He's not on the uh, player-to-be-named-later list. Yes. Okay. Very right. much so. But he still enjoyed it from the comfort <laughs> of his couch. I did. Um, okay. And uh, I, I got to admit, though, we were, we were just talking before he got on about, you know, that the, the finish of that Xfinity Series race. We know it was a tough pill for you to swallow, but he said it was the length of two bananas. That's the difference between first and second, which is incredible. It was actually less than that. It was actually an inch and an eighth. An inch and an eighth. Wow. An inch and an eighth uh, at the time we crossed the turn four side of the start finish line. Jeez. Well, that's yeah. impressive. Well, so, I mean, we're sorry. We're sorry that you were not the one in victory lane. Um, we were obviously still thrilled that Junior Motorsports, a Chevy affiliated track, a Chevy was in there. One of your teammates was in there. You know, we, of course, we wish it was you, man. Of course, because you're on, and, and we're not just saying that just to blow smoke. We, right. we legit I, I mean, you. you're, you've been a, you've been a great you. proponent of our track, obviously, to come on and say you're a fan of Pocono Raceway. But um, even dating back to the Sobo days, you're, yeah. you're important in our world. That's right. Well, I appreciate that, and, and I appreciate the kind words from Daytona. And, and man, we were close. And God, it's you know, I can look at it from two different ways, and. It's so close, but so frustrating at the same time. So disappointing, but so happy at the same time. And I'll give you a couple of different reasons why. You know, I've been to Daytona a long time. You know, it's definitely well known and documented that I have a lot of starts at Daytona, and I seem to have a lot of seconds there. Second at the Daytona 500, and has led on the last lap there a couple of times. And second, the last two times I've been to Daytona in the Xfinity Series race, dating back to July last year, and. Uh, but to be in that position is also cool and fun, and I need to understand that too, and not just basic all on the neck, you know, the negative of not winning. I did feel like I helped my teammate win, which is pretty neat, you know. Tyler came to me. Um, I mean, it's well known at Junior Motorsports. I'm kind of the the, the, the elder statesman, right? The you guy are? with the most experience. I, thought, I am. So I thought you were young. young guys, <laughs> so when most of the young guys come in. We, you know, they come to me for advice or help or what have you. And I remember that morning of the race, Tyler Reddick comes to me, and I'm going to look. This is how we do it uh, on restarts. You know, you need to be looking for the. If you're pushing me, look for this. If I'm pushing you, this is what we do. If we both have to start on the front row, this is how we do it. And I, I want you to have this mentality. This is what we're thinking to do, and this is how it's going to benefit both of us. So when we came down to those last two green-white checkers uh, restarts, we were able to get hooked up early and give ourselves a chance to win. Whether it was me or whether it was him, I think our little talk and being on the same page and all that really helped us uh, get, get an opportunity to win because I was able to lock bumpers with him and push him and push us out, and then we could kind of decide it between ourselves. So it was neat that it was decided between two teammates um, you know, for for junior motorsports and kind of was the same thing William and I went through last July there. But but to lose by just a small margin was bad. But to look at the other side of this. This is a this is a I'm gonna give you a tidbit. You ever heard of a tidbit? Um they're actually back home in Long Island, tidbits are like steak on like a uh on on, on a on a piece oh. of garlic bread with some melted cheese oh, over yeah. the top of it. Those are tidbits and you got me hungry now. Oh we call them steak bites where I come from. All right. Steak bites. So, 
On the first attempt of the green-white checkered in that race, I restarted the race 32nd. So with three laps to go in the race on the first attempt of the green-white checkered, we restarted the race 32nd. Wow. And we still wow. ended up with a chance to win the race by the time it was all said and done. So we're going to try to look at that as a positive. It could have been a lot worse when we came over one-two finish, and and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But I just wanted what you guys take was on the race, and in my opinion, and I've been doing this a long time, it was a crazy restrictor plate race from start to finish. We like nobody was would get in line and just. Nobody would get in line and ride. I'm sitting there like <laughs> Joey and Kyle Larson and all the guys. Like, Dude, just get in line and let's let's take a break for five laps. I, and I think everybody was well, it was crazy. I think yeah. that also equates back over to the Cup Series too. It seemed like no one wanted to do that, right? I mean, there were a few points where where that were on both races. It seemed like okay, when are we going to go ride around? Right? We're, I was waiting for that to all happen as well. But I just seem like it seems like the, the energy at Speed Weeks in Daytona this year was just elevated, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the the, the new young crop coming up on on all series. They just seem like they don't hold back. They're they're going to race you every lap. They're not going to hold back at all. They're going to go for every position for every lap. Which at the end of the day is not what you get paid to do, correct? But at the same time, for a veteran like you, like hey, let's ride around a little bit and let's see what happens towards the end. Right. And, and look, so I was sitting in my couch watching the Daytona 500 at home. You know, we had come on Sunday and I thought the same thing after what we saw in the duels on Thursday. I thought, OK, the guys are going to get a start. You're kind of going to see what your car is going to do. They're going to get single file up against the fence. And then when it comes down to pit stops or comes down to the end of a stage, you know, we'll see some racing. And, and, and you hit it right on the head. It was crazy wild, like the whole time. And I'm sitting there going. What is going on? <laughs> and you bring up a and you bring up a good point about the younger crop of guys coming in and all of that. And what's going on? And I don't blame them. NASCAR is really giving a big push right now to the younger guys. Mm-hmm. They're 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 spending a lot more marketing money. Tracks are using them more for you know promos. NASCAR is using them more commercials, TV. We get it. We understand. They're trying to set up for the future. Well, there's a few older guys that have been doing it a while going, hey, you know, y'all didn't do that for us. And we came along, we're going to hold our ground. You know, we're still here also. I'm still here, you know, and I still want to race hard and be a part of the championship discussion or something like that. So I think what it is, I don't know if it's an old versus new feeling. I think the media is trying to play into that. But I just think the aggressiveness level has really – uh, raised up a notch. There, there's only so many pieces of the pie, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants a piece of the pie. No, and the people that have it don't want to give it up. The people coming in that don't have any, where they want their share. And I think that's where you see great racing ensuing. And, and honestly, uh, I thought uh, both the Xfinity race and the cut race at uh, Daytona were very entertaining, action-packed with a lot of action, and everybody was very impressive. Uh, yeah, we completely agree with you there. Um, like I said, the competition seems to be revving up, and we're excited to see what the rest of the season will bring. Absolutely. But speaking of which, let's transition a little bit back to when you were a quote-unquote young guy. I mean, to me, you're still young at heart, man. You know, we look at it for our podcast. We've had Jimmy Johnson and you on, so we've had that older guard as the media oh, are putting yeah. it. Right? So you two are the first yeah. two drivers to be on. We also had Nick Igdalski, our CEO, which brings me to 1995, your first Bush Series start, now Xfinity 
Sobo. Um, That's right. I mean, Boston Speedway, my home track, buddy. Heck yeah, man. So with that being said, talk a little bit about what South Boston mentioned. I mean, like I, it, you know, it's our sister track. Um, I think Nick does a great job with, with operating from the outside. And of course, what Kathy Rice does there is phenomenal. But talk a little bit about South Boston growing up and how you kind of got your start to eventually lead to that 1995 start at South Boston Speedway. Yeah, that's a really good question. So my mom and dad used to take me there, and we'd sit in turn four up against the fence and watch races there. The local late model guys, but especially when the bush cars came there. The bush cars came there two or three times a year. And that was just a great trip for our family to go to South Boston Speedway. And then later on, my brother gets a late model. He's six years older than me, and I want to make that very clear to everyone. <laughs> my brother, Hermie, is six years older than me. So Hermie started racing late models there, and I was on the pit crew. I was an underage pit crew member, you know, sneaking in in the truck because I wasn't old enough to have a license, but I'd be working on the on the race car. And then years later, when then my brother moved up to the now Xfinity Series in 93, that left his late model team open. So I got to drive late models, and, of course, that was at South Boston Speedway where I got to, you know, cut my teeth and where it all kind of the history started. Um, you know, that's the beginning part of it. So I was able to win the track championship there, won a bunch of races. So we did so well. My dad, uh, we ran from my brother, and we got to make my first ever start at South Boston Speedway, which was so much fun. Uh, it was a 300-lap race. I'd never run a 300-lap race. Uh, we were in contention most of the day. I was running actually third on the last lap and spun out going for second and ended up finishing seventh in my first-ever Xfinity race at my home track of South Boston, and I absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. I have, a lot of, I have a lot of seventh-place participation trophies growing <laughs> up, so it sounds like... Uh... Yeah, I think I do, too. Yeah, I might have some of them, too. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about it? I, you know, when I'm talking about young guys, and you're talking about going back to the beginning part of my career at older guys, I tell everybody all the time now, I've kind of got screwed in this deal, man. It was backwards <laughs> for me. Because when I came along, so I'm now trying to make a name for myself in the Xfinity Series, so I'm a rookie. Well, back then, you had Dale Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip and Mark Martin and Jeff Burden and Harry Gant and Curtis Markham and coming down running from the Cup Series as well as great uh, Xfinity drivers racing in it. It was the, you know, the Randy LaJoy's, the Todd Bannons, the Mike McLaughlin's. I mean, all these great drivers. And so the younger guys didn't get any push at all. You know, it was all about the veterans and how good they were and all the cup drivers coming down. So you kind of really had to, you know, I I didn't have anybody to hang out with. Everybody was older than me. And now I come back, now I'm older and I'm the same age. Now it's all young kids. <laughs> hang out with them again. So I got messed up at the beginning of my career and the end. So it's uh, I was like, doggone it! I'm on the I'm on the wrong you know the wrong end. Of, I'm getting the short end of the stick here. Well, Elliot, I think uh, I speak for Kevin and I both. When when you come up to Pocono, you can hang out with the uh, old guys and the young guys. I think uh, Kevin Teal and I, our other host, will will fill that young guy void if you need it. I appreciate that. See, thank you. See, and, you, you you're, you're, you're uh, picking up what I'm putting down. And I, I like that. <laughs> so kind of rolling into 
um, your history with with Pennsylvania tracks. Um, Ninety seven. Then at Nazareth, you get uh, a, a then Bush Series, now Xfinity Series win there. Forty five minutes away from Pocono. Um, tell us a little bit about Nazareth and, and your your time there, since that track unfortunately is no longer around. Yeah, I, I love going there. It's a very flat track. Of course, it was different than any other track that we raced at at the time with the banking and the shape of his track. And I was able to go there, sit on the pole, and win a race in 1997, my first full season in the Xfinity Series. And I can honestly say that's probably the one race that really put me on the map. Maybe the year before in 96 when I went with – I rented a car from my brother and went, I think we qualified fourth and – ran pretty well there, so I think we got in a wreck. Um, but that was a track for some reason that I adapted pretty well to and was, was able to kind of do well and, and kind of really put me on the map as far as cup owners and stuff starting to pay attention to what we were doing. But I have – look, I have a funny – speaking of tracks in Pennsylvania, I have a funny Pocono story. Right, lay it on us. That's what this is all about here. Yeah, let's hear it. This is what it's all about. So – 1999, I'm a rookie in the Cup Series, and we all know at the time Xfinity did not race in the Cup Series, so I had never been to Pocono. So I show up the first time, and the Wood, I'm driving for the Wood Brothers in the 21 car. And they're like, look, you know, you have to shift here at Pocono. Use third gear, use fourth gear, and this is when you shift, and the whole nine yards. So I went to Dale Jarrett. I'm going, all right, man, tell me, what you know, what am I looking for here? What, what do I have to do? Just I'm so, you know. I don't know if I really want to downshift from fourth to third at 190 miles an hour getting into turn one. <laughs> so he explains it to me. I said, like, all right. So I go out and run, and I get the car in third gear, and I'm running around, and they kept telling me, all right, Elliot, when you get to 8,000 RPM, you need to shift from third to fourth. Okay, I can handle it. So I'm riding around in third gear. The RPMs never get to 8,000 RPM. So I'm like, man, I am slow. This is horrible. I'm not shifting. So I pull in, and Eddie Wood goes, all right, man, you're a little slow, a couple seconds off the pace. Um, you know, that's okay. Pocono's a very hard track. Uh, how was the shifting? Uh, I didn't have to shift. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't have to shift? You're going to blow the motor up. You've got to shift. Eddie, I'm telling you, man, I don't have to shift. I, I, the car only gets to 7,700, and that's it. Well, look, go back out there and shift. You have to shift. You're going to blow the motor up. I said, okay, I'm going to go back out and shift then. So I go back out for my second run. Here I am trying to figure out why am I so slow? Why am I running so bad that I don't even have to shift? <laughs> so I'm going in on the turn one. I'm going to go from, uh, no, so I'm keeping in third gear and never have to shift. I said, I won't go down the back stretch, come off turn one, and go on, shift to fourth and see what happens. When I shift to fourth, it feels like it's going to blow up. I'm like, oh, my God, what has happened? Anyway, long story short, they had the Lincoln Jones backwards. <laughs> fourth, fourth, gear was, fourth gear was third gear. Third gear was fourth gear. And that was my first time in Pokemon. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. I am you talking about really confusing a rookie his first time at Pokemon. <laughs> so not only have three corners, by the way. Uh, you don't have the right. You don't have the right. I, look, I still can't find turn four. Place at all. So they said, look, Elliot, we'll make it simple. We're going to change the gear, take the transmission out. You go out and qualify and don't shift. We don't even want to worry about you shifting. Just, just go ahead and run a qualifying lap. And I totaled the car in turn one. I got loose from <laughs> the car. So Make a like, situation worse. 
so my my first trip to Pocono in 1999 was probably not my best trip to a to a new track. Mm. Uh, but 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 I did have fun trying to figure out the the, the linkage part of it. <laughs> but uh, it, you did eventually get the hang of it. Uh, 2010, you win our inaugural truck race. That was that was a, a pretty big moment for I assume for you and I mean for us as well. Our first truck race ever. Yeah. Okay, well let me let, let me tell you the news on that. I hope I'm not being totally with you guys. So, <laughs> 2010, uh, going through some tough times in, in yeah. my Cup career. I'm in, I'm involved in a situation that I really don't want to be in where. My owner's not paying his bills. We don't know if we're going to the racetrack or not. I don't have any new cars, no new parts. I'm running show cars. I mean, I'm pretty much on my way out uh, as a race car driver. And Kevin and Delana Harvick give me an opportunity to race their truck at Pocono. Uh, and I can honestly say on this podcast, Kevin and Delana Harvick saved my racing career. There, There's no two ways about it. They gave me an opportunity to to run the the truck there. I think Kevin had a prior engagement that he had to maybe go run the Iowa. I think that was the same weekend they used to go run the Iowa uh, Xfinity races, and he already had a sponsor um, deal to do that. And I had asked him a couple weeks earlier uh, at a driver's intro, hey, man, if you ever need somebody to drive your truck, I'd love to do it. I'd do it for free. I just just like to drive it. And so they called me and said, look, you know, Kevin's got a prior engagement. Do you mind driving our truck at Pocono? You know what? I'd be glad to. And uh, they didn't want to put somebody in it that wasn't uh, a new person that had never been to Pocono before. Right. So we were able to did, Wait, did, did Kevin pole. know about your, your 99 experience? So. <laughs> I, for some reason, thank God he didn't look back that far to see how bad I was at 99. So we we sat on the pole and won the race and, and beat some really good drivers in that race. And um, for, for that kind of put me on the map and kind of restarted my career as a race car driver. From from then on, I was a Harvick let me drive five or six more truck races with him, and we won the uh, owner's championship. So I was a part of a owner's NASCAR championship in the truck series. He let me drive his Xfinity car some, and then I went full-time racing for Harvick next year in the Xfinity series, all because of the opportunity he and Delana gave me at Pocono. So that's also the same weekend that my son was with me, very young age, a couple months old. We won the truck race on Saturday, and then Sunday is when I hit the inside wall uh, in my U.S. Air Force car, 19, mm-hmm. and threw the motor out of it. I'm sure you guys remember that as well. Very yeah. hard hit. Yeah, no, we don't have any documentation of that whatsoever. <laughs> nor, nor have we, nor have we completely changed the backstretch to where there's no more grass, and the wall is now thank basically y'all. right where you started skidding. So, yeah, yeah, thank you so much uh, <laughs> for that. And that was a hard hit, you know. Again, I'm telling my age. People that have wrecked as many times as I have in my career, when you get ready to hit something, excuse me, you kind of know what it's going to feel like, right? So I'm spinning out. I'm like, oh man, this rear end is going to hurt. I know kind of what it's going to feel like. So when the wreck happened in front of us at Pocono off the backstretch, I slowed down. Where my old teammate runs in the back of me, Almondinger runs in the back of me, spins me out through the grass. Well, it looks like I'm just going to just knock off the, you know, just hit the front of the wall just a little bit. 
Right. So I'm saying to myself, yeah, this is not going to be bad. It's not. And when I hit, I went, oh my, what in the world? I had no <laughs> idea I hit, you know, in the corner. Right. It was a V shape there where I hit. Well, I couldn't see it the way I was sliding. So I hit and got out, and I'm like, man, I, that really hurt a lot. So <clears throat> to be at the top of the mountain one day and then at the bottom of the mountain the next day just kind of shows you what this sport can, can, be, uh, can, can be sometimes. Well, speaking of the top, we hope you're back up there this year. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you in a couple months here at Pocono. I'm sure we'll see you along the way before then. Um, you know, we got to give it to you, man. Thanks so much for being a great sport, a great advocate of the sport, um, for doing as much as you have for as long as you have. Um, but you know, in our eyes, you you still are a ball of energy, man. You, I, I totally feel like you can run with the rookies outside of the racing world. So uh, keep up the good work, and we'll look forward to seeing you here in June. Yeah, they can't keep up with me. me. Not, not a, hey, I, I do want to say this, though, and you can use this however you want. So we have new rules in the Xfinity race this year at Pocono. We're running those air ducks like we ran at Indy last year. Right. So race fans, it's going to be wild. Like, it's going to be a wild and crazy race. We're going to be drafting like crazy down the front stretch and also the long pond getting into the tunnel turn. It's going to create one heck of a race, especially restarts. We're going to be three and four wide, I bet you, on restarts going into turn one. It really changed the complexion of our race at Indy. And Pocono being much wider, it's going to give us more opportunity. But Pocono is going to be a wild race with the new rules that we have in Xfinity cars this year. Fans, don't miss out on that. I guarantee you it'll be twice as good a race as, <laughs> as we've, we've had in the last couple of years. It's going to be legit and a lot of fun, and hopefully the fans will enjoy it. Well, fans can visit PoconoRaceway.com to buy some tickets. $25 for the Pocono Green 250. Yeah. Kids 12 and under are free. Uh, we'll hopefully see everybody out there on Saturday, June 2nd. But before we go, uh, what's your favorite thing to eat at South Boston, Virginia? Hey, bologna burgers. Hey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> we had the secret where it was baloney. We were trying to get you to say it the entire time we talk about South Boston. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Elliot Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the secret baloney. Uh, well, I had to say baloney burgers, man, if you ask me that. Uh. <laughs> All right, Elliot, thanks so much, man. We'll be talking to you soon. And uh, good luck this weekend. Well, I, again, great job. An okay job. Sorry about your luck in Atlanta this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about my luck. We'll just have to go get him. We're going to go roll the dice at Vegas. There you <laughs> go. Thanks, Elliot. Have a good Thanks, one, man. Elliot. Well, um, that was interesting. Yeah, there you have that it. That was uh, to make transitions that we made. <laughs> took a lot of work because he had a lot to say. But it was um, all good. It was, it was all, all good. I, I, that was great. That was a lot of backstory, a lot of yeah. information that we didn't have before. I told him he needed to be on for 15 minutes. He was on for like 25. He could have done that whole thing by himself. He could have. We should just let Elliot Sather run our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got him to say bologna burgers, which is awesome. So uh, that was the secret word, bologna. And from his, what he's saying, man, I, like I'm, I'm jacked up. Like when is this Xfinity Series race taking place? Pocono? Listen, I've been excited since I heard that they were bringing that package to Pocono, and uh, I think it was over the winter. And I, I can't wait to see it because I know that Indy race was great. The package at Pocono is going to be so much better. Yeah, it's going to look like. I mean, the fans came to our Indy car race. They saw passes on every lap. There's like 400, 300, 400 passes in the Indy race. Yeah. These guys are going to be able to draft up to each other, kind of like an Indy car. Pass in the middle of the corners. Pass going into corners. It's going to be insane. 
assuming saying that, and I can't wait to see who's actually going to come down and run that race from from the top series. I know fans normally like that. Uh, well, some fans do. I personally enjoy it because if you can beat one of those guys, exactly. you beat the best. Uh, talking about Elliot running at Sobo, running third against some of those some of those names he dropped are going to be bids for the Hall of Fame, for NASCAR Absolutely. Hall of Fame in years. Um, it was a great, interesting story to talk to him. I'm really excited to see what happens next, wh- where where this all goes for Elliott and his career. I hope he keeps running because, I mean, I wasn't kidding. He, to me, when he rolls around and he's out, he's such a – his personality can light up a room and does so many things for this sport. Absolutely. Um, I, I remember watching Elliot for as, as far back as I could remember as a fan of the sport. Well, yeah, because you're like 12. Well, I mean, 25. Same so difference. Maybe, close. Maybe, maybe I mean, he's, he, he's been around for a majority of that yeah. from, from these early days that he spoke about there and, and now, obviously, running for ju- our friends in junior motorsports. I mean, for as and, long as I think you probably started going to races in 99 when he got his start, I yeah. mean, uh, you, that's right around the time he probably oh, started he's, going. He's, he's been around every race that I've been in, yeah. been at, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. pretty much every single one. So, uh, Including we're, the, the truck race in 2010. Oh, that's right. You were there. I was. Yeah. That was, was a big pretty moment awesome. as a fan before my days at, on the other side of the Pocono. On the other side, <laughs> into, inside the Pocono Raceway offices. Pocono Raceway offices. <laughs> well, the cool part about that win, um, obviously, it did rejuvenate his career, but that inaugural truck race has led to, um, I, I, I used to say this, and I hate to say this right now, but I used to say the truck race was the best race Pocono Raceway had. The IndyCar race last year, in my opinion, took it a whole different level. Yeah. And that's, well, 294 passes, 200-something, 24 for position. Crazy. Um 50-something lead changes was only like, really only like 19 cars running yeah. at that at a certain point. Let me start with That's, 23. That makes 20. it even more impressive, though. That many passes with that little cars. But then there's the Xfinity Series race this year. Mm-hmm. I think I might have a new favorite race. I think you will, too. So, fans just have to wait and see. Um, and I will give a shout-out right now. Um, per some suggestions from our Senior Director of Fan Engagement and Ticketing, uh, Mr. Ricky Durst. Mm-hmm. Um, Pocono Raceways on social media. <laughs> and you can visit us on Twitter at at Pocono Raceway, Facebook.com slash Pocono Raceway, or on Instagram at at Pocono Raceway. And also be on the lookout every single Tuesday. We're going to hope to drop a podcast at noon. 33 Tricky Seconds, our new driver NASCAR mm-hmm. personality series, are going to drop at 12.03 on Wednesdays. And then somewhere in the evening to night range, we have, what is it? The Tricky Chronicles on Thursdays. And you'll see the hosts of the co host of the show, Kevin and JJ, mainly taking the realm on that one. A lot of great stuff coming out. Um, we really look forward to you guys just continuing to watch and share our stuff and also send some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to go ahead and email faninfo at poconoraceway.com. That's faninfo at poconoraceway.com. You guys can send us any suggestions you want, suggestions for who you want us to talk to on the show. Um, and then, of course, if you have any other ideas that you want us to do, other sound effects that our man Norm can go ahead and download, like this bell that we got, uh, feel free to go ahead and let us know um, by sending us an email. We'll be sure to get back to you. We appreciate all the listeners so far. We're on iTunes. Yep. We're Make on sure Google Play. Subscribe to iTunes. Yeah, subscribe and like. Subscribe, like, comment, right? Subscribe, subscribe like, like, comment. Subscribe, like, comment, and you'll get a notification every Tuesday when our podcast podcasts yeah. go out. Pada, pada. Pada, pada, pada. <laughs> well, race fans, on behalf of everyone here at Pocono Raceway, on behalf of JJ, our wonderful producer, Norm, 
from the ESPN 840 studios here in Stroudsburg. Thank you guys for signing off. We'll see you next week, hopefully, with an IndyCar series Hello. driver, maybe a duo. Wow. We'll have to wait and see. This is the Pocono Raceway Podcast, powered by ESPN 840. Have a great weekend.